Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village for our worship service on the 23rd of October. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're worshiping online and in person and are glad that one way or the other you have found to be with us for worship. We are glad that you are here. Some quick announcements. Uh, we have a uh, planning retreat next Sunday. It starts right after worship. If you haven't signed up for it yet and you would like to, please do so by today so we know how many to uh, provide for. Uh, Dr. B is having a movement class next Tuesday at 12.30. Again, I don't know if that's a thing you need to sign up for or just show up. Sign up, call into the church office for that, Vinia uh, tells me. Saturday night suppers are upcoming on uh, the 5th of November. Uh, the Stones are whom you make reservations with. On the 6th of November, we're going to have an All Saints uh, component to our worship service as we do usually that first Sunday of November and during that time we'll want to memorialize people who have passed on to life eternal so to help us in that process if you have somebody that you want us to uh, memorialize make sure you uh, call into the office and, and have that name for us we, you will be invited to stand and and offer the name during worship but if you're online I'm not going to have a hard time hearing you do that so um, if you're online with us and you're wanting us to lift up a loved one who has passed on over this last uh, week, those of you online in particular, make sure you get that name uh, into the office, please. Uh, one of the people that we would be remembering would be uh, Sunny Benjamin, and she'll be having her uh, service this Saturday at 1 p.m. here in church. Um, if, if you want some uh, help in, in making sense of the voter initiatives in California, the League of Women Voters has been with us uh, through a, a webinar for our, our uh, Social Concerns Committee, and uh, we have uh, their pamphlets now. They will be in the narthex if you'd like to benefit from that resource. I think I've mentioned everything that people have wanted me to mention. Have I overlooked something? Concert today at 3, right here in the sanctuary. Here's the, the notice on it. Okay, I think I've verbalized everything then, huh? Yep, yep. Okay, good deal. Um, one other thing, Caneo Connect is meeting this Wednesday. This is the last one on our campus before we go to Thousand Oaks. And one of the things that we're doing uh, through Caneo Connect is uh, offering a bell choir for the children. And so... Uh, we've got a, a video that I uh, think is updated and ready to go from Vinya. You might recall this is going to look a lot like the one you saw a little while ago, but with sound and a little something different maybe in it. But Vinya, let's give it a go. Hi, I'm Nick Newker. I'm the handball director here at the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village. We're starting a children's handball choir through the Caneo Connect churches and are inviting all the kids in the community, grades two through five, to join us. We'll be rehearsing once a week for about 45 minutes, and then we'll record our sessions so you can share for all three churches within the Caneo Connect community. If you want to have a good time, be a part of the worship service, but maybe don't want to sing, handbells could be a great thing for you. We have a lot of fun, so we really do hope you can join us. All right, well, this is for anybody who wants to be a part of the bell choir if you're in grades two to five, so we want just the youngsters at this point. We're hoping maybe to get the youth 
uh, later in the year, but we're looking for the youngsters. They do not have to be members of the church. They don't have to be members of any of the three churches. They just need to have an interest in it. It's just that the three churches are sponsoring it through uh, Caneo Connect. And we're offering our talented uh, bell director, uh, Nick, to, uh, to lead it. So uh, I hope that makes sense to you. That depending on who signs up and when they're available, that's going to be when uh, Nick works out those kind of particulars. So you want to ask your grandkids or your neighbor kids or whoever you might think is interested in this, someone maybe who's connected to the bells through pizzazz or or some other musical program that you know of. It just encourage them to take advantage of this opportunity to the community. Today we continue on with our stewardship uh, sermon series, Celebrating Church, where we're highlighting how Indeed, church is good for you and good for uh, everyone if they open themselves up to the lead of the Spirit in their lives. We're talking about building the body of the church, and it's, it's a building of the body that's leading us towards health and wholeness as we strive to be individually resilient. I know I'm feeling challenges to being individually resilient coming out of the pandemic. I don't know if, if you are feeling that way too, but I... I'm finding myself having a little hard go of it. Um, uh, maybe you are feeling that way too. But what, that is what we're striving for, to be resilient and to bounce back maybe as uh, a little different than we were before the pandemic, but um, with a, a love and a, a vibrancy for life. That's what we're seeking. And we want that for our families. We want that for our church community, for our congregation. So encourage one another, uplift one another, and uh, seek to build the church up as you seek to build up your family and build up yourself as an individual. That's what we're talking about during stewardship because I think that just really is what is what stewardship is really all about is is helping us to use all those blessings we get from God in a, uh, a thoughtful, responsible, and holy kind of a way. You've gotten your pledge cards by now. I'm sure of that. If you haven't, call the church office and scold Vinia or me, and we'll get that uh, packet right out to you. Um, we know that you should have them. We want you to have them. Um, we're looking to have your, your pledge cards uh, come back in during the month of October. Please get them in so we know uh, what kind of support we have at hand. Also, call into the church office or to me, email or text. Let me know if there's a way in which you want to be of service in the community or here in the church, and we'll try to facilitate that as well. All right, let's center ourselves and begin worship. stand and join with me in the call to worship and remain standing for the hymn and invocation. Brothers and sisters, let us gather for worship, honoring God and nurturing our souls. Praise be to God, now and forever. Prayer is the soul's desire to be drawn into God's loving and peaceful presence. Come, let us worship the Lord our God in spirit and in truth, 
letting our lives be bathed in the peaceful of prayer and emboldened by its power. excited to be here with you this morning. I know we're back on tape, but I'll be here next week. Anyway, I wanted to share something a little different with you today. I have one of my very favorite songs that I want to play for you. Take it away.
What did you guys think? I really love that song. I hope you sang along with it as you heard what God made me and you. So before we go to Sunday school, let's take a moment to thank God. Um, dear God, thank you for all you've created. Thank you for my friends, for my parents, for my teachers, for my pastor. And God, thank you for making me, me. And all God's children say, amen. All right, guys, it's time for Sunday school. Bye-bye. humble ourselves and go before God in prayer. We pray, Lord God, that you would hear the stirrings of our spirits, the yearning of our minds, and the hopes of our hearts as we join with one another in prayer this morning. We pray for those around us who are struggling with life, physical, and mental health issues, for whatever it is that is causing disease and discomfort we pray. We pray that your spirit might surround them and help them to move forward in a healthy and a hopeful way. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think of the, the journey that Kathy Drake and her husband Ken, Bill Nodoff and his wife Sandy are on, Brett Ajita and Sally DeLong as they all deal with the effects of cancer and treatments. Strengthen them and be with them. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Roz Thibault's mother, Margaret Wood, as she moves through her time of hospice, O oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Dee Crawford's granddaughter, Haley, with a high-risk pregnancy. For my niece, Sarah Pierce, seeking treatment for her gamma-delta T-cell lymphoma, for Dave Crawford as he seeks treatment for his uh, salivary gland tumor. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And again, we would pray for uh, the six-year-old son of Cindy Lampy's nephew-in-law, Chad, who uh, has lost his father, Chad, and his mother this year. We pray your grace would surround this child and help him to uh, receive the care and the love of extended family that now surround him. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Jim Galano, recovering from successful back surgery. Tracy Morse, recovering from a backbone break. My sister, Jeanette Richards, recovering from knee replacement surgery, and, and Sue Lynn Harwick's sister, Julie, recovering from neurosurgery. 
We pray the healing power that your spirit has would be in these lives and bring them to full recovery. Oh, Lord, hear our lives. For Janelle Sanders, brother-in-law Jerry's recovery and comfort to him and his wife, Helene. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. For all those suffering from COVID and their personal caregivers and the medical team that surrounds them, we pray your strength and healing power. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. And we think of those places around the world in which there is uh, hunger, oppression, fire and floods. We think of the places in which war is flaming. We think of the places in which people are acting out violently towards one another. And we pray your help as your children that you might help us to care better for one another and for our planet. <clears throat> oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pause now for a moment in our private thoughts of prayer. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we pray with thanksgiving over these moments of joy that Margie Price is turning 94. We thank you for her life, the joy that has been a part of hers and ours to be around her. And we think of the Interfaith Refugee Team who over the last uh, week or so has helped to Furbish two apartments for Ukrainian refugee families. We thank you for their good work. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for our church as we continue in our ministries through these times, and we ask your help in maintaining and strengthening our effectiveness and our vitality. We pray this in your son's holy name, joining in the prayer he taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And leave us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.
Our scripture readings today are Luke 11, 1 through 4, and Colossians 4, 2 through 4. Luke 11, 1 through 4. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. The second reading is from Colossians 4, 2 through 4. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us as well, that God will open to us a door for the word, that we may declare the mystery of Christ for which I am in prison, so that I may reveal it clearly as I should. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. I want to talk to you a little bit about some uh, spiritual experiences uh, that I've had. One to begin with that I think is, um, well, I'll let you decide what you think it is, a mental illness or uh, inspiration. About 15 years ago, I was getting ready to go on a sabbatical. Um, the discipline, well, you, you may know, but you probably don't know, there's a discipline, uh, the rule book of the United Methodist Church recommends that clergy under full-time appointment go on sabbaticals every seven years. Can you imagine that? Every seven years, we are supposed to renew ourselves in some kind of period of sabbatical. We're not so good at turning that into a reality here in the United Methodist Church. In my 40 years, 40 plus years of ministry, I have been on one sabbatical, and this was my first sabbatical, and it was 30 years into ministry. Anyway, I got up the chutzpah to ask for it, and, and the church uh, got up their own chutzpah to provide to, to make it be possible for me to be gone. So that was a, a real blessing. And the place I decided to go was the Holy Land. I thought of all the places in the world to go, if I'm going to go on a sabbatical, it ought to be to Palestine, Israel, to the Holy Land. That's the, the place where Jesus walked, journeying to the cradle of a faith. What a, what a marvelous place to be able to go. I knew that that was what I needed to do with my sabbatical, to renew uh, myself immerse myself in what they call the fifth gospel, the land of the Holy Land, and let the Bible come alive to me in new ways. And, and that's exactly what happened. So getting ready, I got books on pilgrimage because I was not going to be a tourist. I was going to be a pilgrim in the Holy Land. That was very clear to me that I needed to somehow be a little different. I wanted it to be that way. So uh, Books on, on the area, pilgrimage and tour books, piled up on the desk in my study. And in my preparation, I was cross-referencing the biblical passages to the geography to make sure that I went to the places. And I knew where I was going to when I got there, you know, what, what they were. I, making sure I got to where I needed to go because of its significance. I didn't want to leave three months later and say, oh, I forgot Bethlehem. Right? I wanted to make sure I got to all the, the key places. Well, I was so immersed in getting ready to go that I started dreaming about going to the Holy Land. And what was strange about my dreams was this. I would, I would enter a holy place. More often than not in my dreams, it was the Holy Sepulcher, the place where Jesus was uh, crucified, buried, and resurrected. Most of my dreams centered around that place. I would enter the holy place and I would sense all that had happened there. It, it, would, it would be in Jesus' time and then I'd get a, a sense of um, the other centuries of the crusaders chomping around in their armor and doing stuff. I had this imagination of all that was going on in that place kind of, kind of overwhelm me. And I would fall to my knees. I would take like three or four steps into the place, be blown over, and fall to my knees. I kept falling to my knees. Wherever it was I went, falling to my knees. I felt 
overwhelmed by the holiness of the place, its spiritual power, what it stood for and what it meant through all of time, well, and for me, boom, down on my knees I would go. I started waking up with hurt knees. How did that happen? I don't know. But my knees started to, you know, feel hurt. My excitement about going to these places of reverence was being matched now by an apprehension over what might happen to me if I do go to these places of reverence. I didn't really have second thoughts, but I started to get worried. I started to get really worried as to what would happen. And after some time, some prayer, after some time, I decided that would simply be up to God what happened. I would leave the well-being of my knees as I did the health of my soul in God's hands. Now, do I have too active of a religious imagination? Uh, am I a little sick? Um, am I out a bit too far in the the deep end of the pool? Uh, I don't know. I'll let you. I'll let you t- decide. Another experience. It's Christmas Eve, and and you know whatever religious tradition or location that you have. Uh, Christmas Eve services are imbued with a particular spirit that just that just makes them glorious. You can be in the small little church in Iowa or a big cathedral church in, in one of our large cities or a suburban church like ours. You can be in lots of different countries, in Greece and, well, wherever. And Christmas Eve is just, it's just special. Now, I don't know if it's because of that or what, but some years ago, I was officiating at an early Christmas Eve service. It was the tableau kind of service where the kids come up and they're, they're dressed up and they're all up here uh, doing stuff. The place was packed still. It was pre-pandemic. The place was packed and, and candles were flickering and so there was that nice soft glow light um, that fills the sanctuary and some beautiful music was waffling. Is that a word? Through the air. I mean, that, that was the environment. That was the, the spirit of the place. And it was as we were getting ready to begin the worship service, and I was, I was looking out over the crowd, many of the young families, looking out over them and praying for them, which is what I'm wont to do oftentimes before a worship service starts. Yet all of a sudden, I had this out-of-body experience. Like you hear about with people having near-death experiences in hospital rooms, how their soul lifts out of their body and floats around. Well, that's what happened to me. My soul was, whatever it was, was out there floating around in the sanctuaries, floating around and going above people. And I was, as I was sitting there, I could see myself out there zipping around and pausing in front of or above and kind of touching people and saying, it will, it will be okay. All, all will be okay. Kind of strange, huh? Kind of strange. But I, I don't know how else to describe what I felt happening, except to use these poor words to try to convey that there was something beyond me happening, and it seemed like that. 
A third story. When I was appointed to go down to La Jolla, I was a little bit upset and very worried about it because it would mean that Debbie and I would be living in separate homes for however long that appointment lasted, and, and that was going to be a relationship challenge and then uh, financially supporting two places to live where I was living down there and where she was going to be living up here to maintain her. So it was, it was just fraught with, with problems and, and worries for us. And I did a lot of praying, um, wanting to be a good Methodist clergy to do what the bishop was saying I was supposed to do to, to go and, and fulfill that appointment. And during that time of prayer, it became very clear to me that what I needed to do was just jump off the cliff. That didn't sound quite right to say it that way, but I, I, needed, to, I needed to cast myself out upon God's spirit and just trust that somehow in what I saw as a mess was going to work out. And it wasn't going to work out unless, unless I took that kind of leap of faith into the unknown, which at the moment looked like great uncertainty. You know how that feels when you have great uncertainty in front of you as to how your life is going to be. And we retreat from it, or we cocoon into just staying put there, or we cast ourselves out. Cast yourself out on the spirit, Dilge, is what the words were. Well, I share these three little different kind of stories, not to spook you and to have you think, I've lost my bearings, but to share a witness from my own personal experiences, to share a witness to the spirit power that is present, I think, for all of us when we connect with God and we seek to abide in the presence of God. Surely, if it is available to me, it is available to you. It just takes some practice, like like Brother Lawrence called it, practicing the presence of God. It just takes some practice. It's a, it's a developed sensibility of prayer and of spirituality. Yet it's there for all and any of us and awaits those folk who hunger and thirst after righteousness and holiness. On this fourth Sunday of our October stewardship series, um, reminding us of what's possible when we are attentive to this aspect of our being. We've already paid notice to uh, the value of gifts and service and just where we put our bodies, our presence as a part of our stewardship. And now we're going to draw attention to our, our prayer life, our, our spirituality. I think it's God's intention that we live in a physical realm 
I'm not sure why, but it seems that that is God's intention, that we live in a physical realm, yet we are encouraged to do it as an active spirit, with an active spirituality. Some folks seem to not pay much attention to this. They, they disregard or, or they dismiss this potential of themselves. You know, some people will give a casual glance towards the sunset and then uh, walk on and, and maybe take a quick look down into the Grand Canyon and go, wow, that really is big, I get it, and, and move on. And, and other people are caught up short and, and they pause. They can't help but pause and sigh and, and just soak it in. Something is happening to them. Filled with an awe, filled with a, a wonder. Be one of them. Open yourself up to be one of them. Much better to pay attention to the gifts from God than to disregard them. Our spirituality is a gift from God. It is valuable and it is powerful. Use it. You don't have to have a float around the sanctuary kind of experience, but use it. It will undergird your life in remarkable, remarkable ways. Connect to God. Take advantage of that channel of spiritual input and power. Moments like I've portrayed are, are the fruit, I think, of an active prayer life. So, too, are experiences in, I don't know, centering yourself when everything around you seems to be uh, chaos and commotion. If you're, able to, if you're able to center down in a situation like that, that's fruit of an active prayer life that you should claim and celebrate and, and see it as, as part of something that could be much, much more. The handling of illness and loss in your life in a healthy and in a positive kind of a way, that's a, that's a sign of an active prayer life and spirituality. Bolstering your courage at challenges that come your way when people are, are unethical or unjust around you and instead of just, you know, ah, you pause for a second and you say, no, 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 wait a second. This is not right. This is not how God would have us be. Sometimes that takes going against the tide and you get a little battered, but able to do that is a sign of God within, of an active spiritual prayer life. You can think of examples in your own life that have given you little signs of a pathway forward in this area. I encourage you, maximize that. Take advantage of that. Grow it in yourself. It's the product of spiritual formation of the maturing of the soul within ourselves. And that happens in a variety of ways of study and worship and prayer.
predominantly prayer. Now, we heard the Lord's Prayer this morning as a scripture reading. And this prayer that Jesus offered to us helps us to see what those who are in communion with God want and, and live for. Those who have heard God's word and who believe in him live in this world with, with eyes and heart of God as best they can. They not only, you not only want what God wants as you pray the Lord's Prayer, but you also start to actualize what God wants through the power of that prayer in your life. All of a sudden, maybe it's in your fifth year or your 50th year of saying, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It dawns on you that that is temptation. And God is giving you the power to say no to that. And you become the prayer. The prayer words become you. And you forgive. You do what's necessary. So what is God's will? What does God want that Jesus is teaching us in this prayer to help bolster our spirituality through prayer? God wants communion with you. God wants you to be able to say, our Father, and have that come from a place deep inside yourself where you're saying, God, I see you as my parent. You're connected to me. I love you. God wants connection communion with you. God wants you to revere God because it restores the order of creation. Hallowed be thy name. Acknowledge God to be God, the sovereign of your life. God wants you to seek a world in which God is sovereign. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm skipping now through the prayer, but you can pause on each of those phrases and it would be a good prayer discipline for you today to pause on each of those phrases and say, what does that say about God's will for me? How do I live into that phrase that is Jesus' intention for me in prayer? on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. You're invited in your prayer life and your spirituality to live into the truth of the Lord's Prayer, to live into the truth of God's will for you as a spiritual being living in a physical world. Gosh, I sound like the police in that song. Spirits in the, <laughs> you've got it, Barb. Um, make it your own. Make it your own. 
with the Spirit's help, make it your own and thrive. Amen. invited now to share of your financial resources via the instructions that will appear momentarily on our screens to help support the ministries of Christ that happen through our congregation. If you're worshiping in person, you're invited to take advantage of the ushers who will be passing offering plates down the pews. Your generosity is needed to keep us going, to keep us doing the good that we do. So please give generously and be a part of what happens in people's lives through the con congregation of the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village. Let us pray. 
Holy God, we ask that you bless these gifts and those who give them, that our ministries in your Son's spirit might thrive, helping your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Remember the planning retreat next Sunday. Let us know if you're coming and uh, get your pledge cards in or your uh, indication of how you'd like to serve as, as soon as you can. We hope this service has been a blessing to you. You are a spiritual being living in a physical world. It's really kind of cool if you think about it. Take advantage of all that you are. Don't settle for being less. Let's work with the Spirit and with one another, making this a blessed day and a blessed week. Stay safe. Be healthy. Know that you are loved. Be blessed by that Spirit and be a blessing to others. Amen. Amen. Amen.